I gotta adjust my stuff. Ah! Okay. This is Felix Dragsdale through the Marvel Universe, where Felix... That's me. ...drags me through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Today we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, a movie where a 90-pound asthmatic gets a dose of super steroid, finally kisses the girl he likes, then gets frozen for 90 years and never becomes an Avenger. When did this movie originally come out? Uh, 2011. Okay. Yeah, so this is the fifth film. Out of six, phase one. We are one away from the Avengers. Woohoo! Getting there. Mm-hmm. Is phase two better? Some would say so. Are you one of those people? Yeah. Okay. So I, it's like I have something to look forward to, huh? Um, Felix, have you seen this movie before? I have. Oh, yeah? How many times? Two. Okay. And I hated it. So much the first time. And the second time, I was just really fixated on how violent it was. So does that mean you liked it better the second time because it was very violent? Uh, I did like it better the second time, not necessarily because it was really violent. Did you like it better the second time because you were looking at the men more closely? No. Okay. I definitely paused it on the shirtless Chris Evans the first time and probably the second time. So what's the difference? Um, I have better perspective. On the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just kind of knew what I was getting myself into. Oh, okay. You were like... Whereas earlier it was like... You were like, oh, this is my expectations for this movie. Yes. (laughs) Don't set them too high. (laughs) It's going to be not so great. And then you were (laughs) like, I'm going to see this not so great movie. Wow, this movie is pretty good for a not so great movie. I see. All right. Let's talk about who's in this movie. You must be the famous Pepper Potts. I am Loki. I am I am Iron Man. Agent Coulson. So let's talk about the good guys, which I put as the allies. Mm -hmm. We have Captain America, who is introduced as Steve Rogers, Mm -hmm. played by Chris Evans. We have Agent Peggy Carter, Mm -hmm. played by Haley Atwell. She's amazing. Just saying. If, uh, If you haven't seen Black Mirror, um, I would watch the episode with her and Donald Gleason because it's great and she's amazing. And if you haven't watched Agent Carter on ABC, neither have I, but <laughs> it's apparently the best of the ABC Marvel shows, even though it got canceled and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't. Okay, this seems very odd to me, but... She's beautiful and a badass. What more do you want? Okay, we have James Buchanan, Bucky Barnes. Mm-hmm who is Captain America slash Steve Rogers' best friend, played by Sebastian Stan. Perfect cinnamon roll. Too pure. <laughs> Too good for this world. And now I have a metaphor for anybody I don't want you to sleep with. <laughs> what? Why can't I sleep with Bucky? Oh, dear. Okay. We have uh, Colonel Phillips, played by Tommy Lee Jones, who I'm just going to call. Oh, that was his name? Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to call him Colonel Tommy Lee. He's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, why do you need to know his actual name? Okay, we have Tony Stark's father, Howard Stark, who is already the number one weapons contractor in World War II. So. In his like early 20s, as we established in an earlier episode when we discussed the age of Howard Stark during the Manhattan Project. <laughs> so I don't know if he inherited this company from his father or what, but yeah. 
Yeah, because... That seems kind of crazy. What I'd forgotten was in this movie, the Stark Expo is already a thing that's been established in the oh, early yeah. 1900s. Yep. And then there's Senator Brandt. Um, he's not that important. And then Dr. Abraham Erskine. Erskine? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, he's got a German accent. He's played by Stanley Tucci. He's awesome. But he drinks schnapps, and that's disgusting. I have no opinion on schnapps. Well, you don't like any alcohol, so I think your opinion is that it's gross. I'll tell you that. Vodka tastes like isopropyl alcohol. True. Schnapps <laughs> tastes like isopropyl alcohol mixed with like a fruit juice concentrate or like a bad like fruit medicine. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's schnapps for you. Ugh. Or peppermint. It's not always fruit. They have peppermint schnapps, peach schnapps, cinnamon. It's just gross. Okay. Butterscotch. That one's not the worst, but it's not good. It sounds so disgusting. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Okay. Then we have Hydro, which is the bad guys. Interestingly enough, because you advertise this movie to me as having lots of Nazis, it turns out the Nazis are not really the bad guys. I mean... It's Hydra. Hydra is a department of the Nazis to begin with, much like S.H.I.E.L.D. is a department of the U.S. government. It's like the science division. I feel like we need a hail Hydra button, like a sound effect. No. <laughs> No. Hail Hydra. <laughs> no. Are they coming back? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Ugh. Hydra's like the main like villain enterprise in Captain America's storyline. Well, obviously in this movie. No, yes. but like in the comic books. But then he gets frozen forever. Does he still No. Okay. Okay. In Hydra we have Johann Schmidt who is also Red Skull once he takes off his regular face mask. (laughs) Face off. Yeah. And then we have Dr. Anheim Zola, played by Tony Jones. Toby. Toby. (laughs) God. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. And then um, Nick Furry also shows up in this. Also, good old Stan Lee has a cameo. As always. Yeah. Okay. And of these, who takes off their shirt? There's a big scene where there's just like a bunch of like pending army recruits, and they're just like all shirtless. Just like it's it's nearly the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. So many shirtless men. They're just sitting in chairs. They're getting measured and weighed and just shirtless. Some of them are really hot. Some of them aren't. Yep. They all kind of look a little sweaty. Well, they didn't have air conditioning back then. That's true. Actually, wasn't air conditioning invented around then? It was not widely dispersed. <laughs> okay. Um, also, Steve, when he goes through his transformation, the greatest scene ever committed to film, um, is very shirtless. Okay, so this is the the puny Steve, and then also... Yeah, the- we don't care about him. The super soldier, Chris Evans, muscular Steve. Yes. The one that Felix cares a great deal about. His arms are so big. Um, uh, is he shirtless later? Um, not really. No. His jacket gets like tattered and yes. blown up, but he's wearing his uniform under it. Yeah. And then when he's getting like measured for his costume, he's also not shirtless. He's yeah. wearing a t shirt. But honestly, those skin tight t shirts are just fine for me. Those are great. 
And later in uh in the third Captain America movie, he wears like an Under Armour, like spandexy athletic shirt, and that's even better. I feel like if you have that much muscles, you would like never get cold. <laughs> but what do I know? I'm a person without that many muscles, well, and I'm always cold. His metabolism is like. 400 times a normal person or whatever so i feel like he would never get cold he's just like making so much body heat right he should never be wearing a shirt and he should be like very uncomfortable and like sweaty all the time costume (laughs) okay so uh nitpick number one why is he wearing a shirt (laughs) why is he wearing pants for that matter exactly okay great shall shall we move on to the plot Mm -hmm. the city's flying we're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes sense. It opens in a windy place. I yeah. know this because I kept trying to turn the TV up. <laughs> Black screen, <laughs> subtitle, wind blowing. And then I was like, oh, like there's no music during the Paramount, and then like I can hear the wind, and it's not supposed to be super loud. And then all of a sudden, like people start talking, and it was really loud. Mm-hmm. Um, Yep. Um, and they're saying that uh, it's a cold place, so lots of snow, and they're, they're, they're telling each other that a Russian oil team found a weather balloon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I called it laser auger, <laughs> open an alien pod slash submarine. Yes. it looks like a submarine to me. It was giving me very alien versus predator. Like going to Antarctica and digging a really long tube mm-hmm. into the ice, and then you find the aliens. Mm-hmm. Yep, and so they go into like this alien pond submarine thing, and inside there is this shield that's the Captain American shield, and one of the guy goes to the other, "Give me a line to the colonel," and then the other guy's like. But it's 3 a.m. And he's like, this one's waited long enough. So that means to me that whoever's doing the exploration knows who this is. Mm-hmm. And also the 3 a.m. thing makes no sense. Because if some guy's been asleep for 70 years, I don't know, like five hours is not going to make a difference. <laughs> like, who cares? Everyone, he's very famous. Everyone, I no five hours is not gonna make a difference. It had to be ASAP. What I'm so I just have to skip to like the end of the movie at this point because well, this was like a thing where the entire movie is the flashback. So go ahead. That's true. Um, but it's more relevant to um the post credit scene from the last movie from Thor, where um you see that. They have the Tesseract. Um, so at the end of this movie, the Tesseract falls into the ice from the ship that Captain America's flying in. It's like basically a spaceship, but it's really a jet plane. And then he still flies on for like probably 50 miles, if not more, before he crashes also into the ice. Oh, I think somebody likes geography now. <laughs> So, what is confusing to me is that they nearly immediately find the Tesseract, but they don't find him for 70 years. Uh, And the Tesseract is about five inches squared, 
and he was in a giant spaceship. Yep. Also, the Tesseract is a non-earthly element, whereas Cap was not only in a spaceship that was presumably made of a lot of metal or an airplane, but also has a vibranium and like a metal detector would find that very quickly. Yeah, well, that, I'm going to go check this up to economics, which is, which is more valuable? Vibranium. Not the Tesseract. It's so powerful. Maybe all the power we'll ever need. Because no one and knows that. And also it glows. And you, nothing's worth anything if you don't know what it is. That's true. But people know what vibranium is, and it's the most valuable and rare metal in the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. So, uh, we... It cuts. Oh, it cuts. And then uh, we're in Norway. We're in Norway in a castle. In a castle. Yep. Um, and there's an octopus skull head hood ornamented car. I would steal it. You would steal the car or the hood ornament? Well, both, but the hood ornament. The hood ornament is the hydra symbol. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations. Because people do that. Like... That's why, like, a lot of really nice cars have hood ornaments that, like, retract into the hood of the car when you turn it off, because people will steal them. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> what essentially you're saying is that you would like to be a Nazi. I mean, not no. exactly. You would like some I'd Nazi. steal from a Nazi. You would like some Nazi memorabilia. <laughs> I don't think it's memorabilia. Okay, you would like some fake Nazi memorabilia, <laughs> because obviously this this is fictitious. Yeah. Okay, so you would like... Hail Hydra. I prefer Cobra. I don't know why, but I find them very similar. <laughs> Cobra Command. Yeah. <laughs> Hydra. Yup. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. They have a very similar name. They do. And infrastructure. I, when I was younger, I never got really into G.I. Joe, but my uncle was into G.I. Joe because he's like a teenager in the 80s. He had a bunch of action figures, and so... I always played with his JoJo's, and I really liked Cobra. Gotcha. Okay, but you still steal Hydra stuff. Definitely. Hail Hydra. So uh, they have this giant tank. Oh. That is way bigger than any tank that exists, probably even now. Yeah. But certainly in the early 1900s. Two stories tall. (laughs) And it just, like, kicks down the castle wall. Yeah, they come in. They're like... We need the thing, and like, there's some old Norwegian guy there with a beard, and like, what are you talking about? This is just myth, like, crappy stuff. And yeah, and there's like a King Arthur sarcophagus. Like, yep. he opens that sarcophagus. He takes out the the tesseract like cube. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call it like the ice cube. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this no, is- that's the uh, that's the casket. <laughs> from Thor. You're right, that is the ice, ice cube. Okay, he takes out the blue cube. Mm-hmm. This is not the real Tesseract no. cube. It's a fake one, and he's like, this isn't it, and he throws it on the floor, and it shatters, because the real one would not shatter by if, if someone throw, threw it on the floor. Um, then he says, the Tesseract is the jewel of Odin something something. Um, and he looks at the wall, and there's this um, giant relief uh, sculpture in the wood of the 
tree of the world that connects the worlds and he's like oh this is the tree and then he like looks at it very carefully and finds the snake on the um on one of the roots and he's like ooh and he touches the snake's eye and it's a button and it pulls out a drawer which like how underwhelming i totally thought that entire mural was gonna like open and be like a door Uh uh-huh and like i know i've seen this movie twice already but like I still was expecting that to happen, and then, like, just a drawer pops up, and I was like, you didn't have the budget for a door. Yeah. But in reality, that, like, sort of makes more sense for, like, people of the time to, I like, guess. actually have a door, but it also didn't make sense to, like, make it so easy to find, yeah. because it's totally at somebody's waist level instead of be like, oh, we hid the drawer up two stories so you have to like get out like a yeah. couple ladders or a ladder and then you can get it nope. you know that's like that's what kids do mm-hmm. like you bring your kid and they're gonna like they're gonna like touch stuff touch everything yeah. and it's like it's at half height it's at waist height the kids totally gonna poke the snake in the eye like it's the first thing they're gonna do yeah they're gonna be like cool snake okay so so he finds, pulls out the drawer, like the bo- drawer pulls all the way out. It has a lid on it. He opens the lid. It glows inside of it. Uh-huh. And then um, then he orders them to like blow it up or whatever with the tank. Yo. Whatever. Kills all the people. Next scene. Nazis. So then we go to New York and it's the giant shirtless man center. Oh yeah, it is. Um, and Steve Rogers is very sickly and he, he's he's short and he's small he uh his head's too big for his body because it's not his real body and the cg is real terrible and it looks very much like they like put like a green screen mask on his head or on his body and then on like the other person's head to like just mash them together uh-huh. but like it doesn't cover his chin very well so it looks like he doesn't have a chin sometimes. Oh, like yeah. his face just kind of blends into his neck, which is weird. Yeah. And like his stubble looks weird. It's just, it looks real bad. Mm-hmm. They didn't resize his head properly. Yeah. So he's sitting there and it's like his, you know, however many times applying to be in the army and he keeps getting denied because he's got asthma and he's yeah, too and skinny. They, and- they ask him questions like, what happened to your dad? And he's like, he he died in World War One with mustard gas. What happened to your mom? And he's like, she was a nurse and she got sick with TV. And they're like, uh, yeah, rejected. Yeah, which is too bad. And then his friend Bucky comes and uh, he's like, oh no, no, he gets beat up first, doesn't he? He's like oh, seeing okay. a movie. Yeah, and there's a film reel that's all like propaganda. Join the army. Yeah. And, he's and, like, and there's some dude in like the scene in front of him who's like, this is stupid. Get over it. Let's yeah. see the movie. And so. He's like very defensive about the army too. And I'm like, I guess because he's like an army brat. And like yeah. he wants to like serve his country or whatever. But he's like, like, I'm not just going to throw down with someone in the theater for like yelling out of preview they don't like, you know? Yeah. But yeah. so he takes it out back and he gets beat up and he says his famous Captain America catchphrase, I can do this all day. Oh, I don't remember that, but he maybe says it it's because I twice in the movie. Um yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> um and then he gets saved by 
his good old buddy. Mm-hmm. Bucky Barnes. Bucky the cinnamon roll. And he's being such a sweet little cinnamon roll. He's like, why don't you pick on somebody your own size? Even though he's like not as big as that guy either. Yeah. Um, but he like punches the dude and then like kicks him in the butt all comically as he runs away. And then he's like, well, "That is a that is a thing that happens a lot in comics that like would not happen in a real fight. Like I'm gonna kick you in the butt. It's Get out of here. It's, it's just a phrase. <laughs> um, but yeah. So then Bucky's like, "Why do you do this? Like it's like you want to get beat up." And then um, they go to the Stark Expo. Yep. Um, because Bucky is shipping out and um. They watch Howard Stark shows up at the Stark Expo. Mm-hmm. And he's showing off some car, car. that hovers. Yeah. And it, and in this, there are some scantily clad model ladies on stage with them in the car. And he, like Howard, father, like son. And, and Howard Star- Stark just kisses one of those model ladies. And yep. it's a very disturbing to me. <laughs> I mean, like, it's probably not the first time. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe like. If you're one of those model ladies, you're just like, it comes with the job, and you yeah. did this to me yesterday. But, yeah, it's, it, yeah. But, so the flying car doesn't quite work, but it, like, it works. It just, yeah. like, shorts out. Yep. Which makes me question why there are not flying cars in this universe, because that yeah. was 70 years ago. Yeah, that's what exactly what I was saying <laughs> to you at the time. I was like... Why did we not have flying cars? Which I meant, you know, I meant in like, why does Tony Stark not have flying yeah. cars? But I think it was also, also, why do we not have flying cars mm-hmm. in our universe? Yeah. But what can you do? Howard is know. just too selfish with his technology, I guess. Yep. Or he got too wrapped up in the war. Yep. And Bucky thinks that this thing is going to be great for Steve pre-Captain America because he's going to be the only man, man around and there's all these women still at home and so he's going to be the only man available to date, right. which is totally true. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Pick out scrap metal? Which I'm like, that's a that's a flaw in his ideology as a character because he literally just fought a guy for like talking shit during the little thing where they're talking about how you can help out with the war effort without going to war. Yep. So like, if he believes that that is actually a necessary part of the war, which it totally is, and we wouldn't have won the war without the people on the home front making bullets and all that stuff. Like, why wouldn't he want to just stay home and do that? I don't know. So then they stumble upon a recruitment center at the Stark Expo, which feels inappropriate to me. Was there a draft in World War II? Yes. Okay, well, then fine. Um, I, I feel like maybe he just has a hero complex. He does. Definitely does. Oh, yes, does. he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bucky's like, come on, like, don't do this anymore. Where are you going to lie about being from this time? You're going to, yeah, you know, it's, it's illegal. Like, he's from Hoboken. <laughs> and you're like, where are you going to be from now? <laughs> um, and then he's like, I'll catch up with you later. So then Bucky takes both of the girls, which he doesn't seem to mind. And they go dancing. And he's like, they're playing my song. And then they walk off into the distance. And then Stanley Tucci is like creeping in the background. And he's like, oh, you want to join the army? And then he takes him in and he goes and he does his little tests again and fills out his application again. Yeah. 
yeah, you go. And he's like, so you want, so you want to join the army because you want to kill Nazis? And and Steve is like, no, I don't want to kill anyone. I just don't like bullies. Yeah. And he's talking to to the doctor, and he's like, oh, that's interesting. And the doctor has this German accent, and so he's like, where are you from? And this is where I get to play on the thing. Geography. <laughs> so he says, I'm from Queens, 73rd and Utopia. Mm-hmm. Real place. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Looked it up. Yep. Yeah, that's a real street corner in Queens. Yep. And uh, and uh, Google Street View looks like they could have been real pre-war buildings there, mm-hmm. too. So pretty good. Um, but before that, Germany. And that explains his accent. So, like, at this point, I'm assuming that he's probably Jewish, which is why he's over here. But it kind of doesn't really come up. It doesn't. But it it seems, like, because he goes, is that a problem? Because it seems like uh, Steve is off-put by it, which, like, is totally realistic. Like, ever since World War II, even today, a lot of the times, like, if you hear someone with a German accent, like a lot of Americans just immediately go Nazi. <laughs> like, just the first thing they think of. And so I imagine it was even worse during that time, like, you know, communism and whatever, when you're just like, oh, must be communist. Like, oh, must be Nazi. He's German. Well, I think that it was much more common to have a German accent in that time because there was just so much more um, immigration from that mm. area at the time it was a lot less compared to kind of the way we treated Japanese Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> comes up in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yes, he asks, uh, Dr. Erskine asks um, where Steve really is from because he knows that he's applied five different times. and Each time he says he's from a different place. Mm-hmm. So he says, where are you really from? And he says, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Which, do you want to talk about New York? Sure. So, New York has five boroughs. Mm -hmm. Manhattan is the island in the middle Mm -hmm. that was first populated. Brooklyn is called the first suburb. Mm -hmm. And Brooklyn is huge. Like they said, if Brooklyn was its own city, it would be like the third most populous city in the United States. Mm. Um, And within the city of New York... There are five boroughs, but each borough is really its its own separate county. Okay. Um, and the boroughs and the counties don't share the same names because they want to confuse people who aren't from New York. That's super stupid. Um. So. Um. Captain America is from Brooklyn. Yep. And then Spider Man is from Queens. Okay. So Brooklyn is a little bit closer to Manhattan in most respects. Queens is a little bit further away. Um, they're both on Long Island. And Long Island really is like... A Long uh, Island. Yeah, like it's like 100 <laughs> miles. I should look this up so that I can give you an actual amount. But yeah, it's it's a really long island. And then like it's closest to land um, to the island of Manhattan. And then it's like right across like a, sh- a very narrow band of water away from Connecticut. So. Mm. Luke Cage is from Harlem. Okay. That is on the island of Manhattan. That's the north side. And uh, Daredevil is and Jessica Jones are from Hell's Kitchen. 
Okay. I that's... think Jessica lives in Hell's Kitchen. Daredevil definitely does. That's on Manhattan. Uh-huh. And then um, there's some other New York Marvel superheroes. The X-Men are from, like, upstate New York. Okay. that That's in New York State, mm-hmm. not in the state. <laughs> also, the other two boroughs in New York that we haven't mentioned yet are the Bronx, which is north of Manhattan, which is... Then the northernest part of Manhattan is Harlem. That's where Jennifer Lopez is from. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, she's still Jenny from the block. Yeah. She's from the Bronx. And then Staten Island. And that's which where is, trashy people come from. That, that's from a, that's south of Manhattan. <laughs> and yes, that's where my mother lived for a time. But it's also a place where they actually have a garbage dump. Yeah. So sometimes they call it Trash Island. Uh that is uh, one of my favorite insults uh, that I picked up from Jersey Shore, which is <laughs> Angelina's like the Staten Island Ferry. Everybody gets a ride. Okay. <laughs> so now I know how to insult people from Staten Island and also a little about geography. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So. Uh, he gets accepted by Professor Dr. Stanley Tucci, uh, and then he goes to boot camp. They don't say where this is taking place. No, I don't Probably think in the South. It's always in the South. They like the Army. Um, there are boot camps <laughs> all over because they really, part of that is just because like there's so many people, mm-hmm. but also because I think it would cost a lot to transport all the people around. True. Well, it looks warm. It might be summertime, too. That's fair. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we're introduced to Peggy. Yep. And uh, there's this guy, and he's, like, being sexist and gross. Oh, my God. And because, like, she's yeah. got a British accent. She's got a British accent. So, what? I don't remember exactly what he says to her, but, like, oh, he, he calls her the queen. Yeah. And this is the something. U.S. Army. And then, like. Which also. And then he says something about, like. I don't know. Did they, something really sexual. And did they talk about that? Is she also like in the Hulk on loan from MI6? Because like I just assumed she was just like an American citizen that had a British accent, but then later Colonel Tommy Lee Jones makes a reference to her contacting MI6. Um I think they talk about SSR, which I don't remember what it stands for, but it was some joint operation. Oh okay. so I feel like she is from there. Well, and then she becomes one of the founding members of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, and that show you didn't bother to watch even though you love her? No, I okay. think. Okay, well, now we know. We don't really know. Yeah. But she she totally clocks this guy. Yeah, knocks him out. She, she And, like, she punks him, too, because she makes him, like, stand off balance. <laughs> She's like, put your right foot forward. And he's like, okay. And then she punches him. Yeah. And he falls down. And then Tommy Lee Jones comes in and he's like, get on your feet, soldier. Don't yep. do anything until you're told. Yep, he gives a speech that they're going to win because wars are fought with weapons, but they're won by men. And he's like, "These, you guys are better and we're, we're going to make you even better. And we're the strategic something that begins with an S and then something that begins with an R. I want to say reserve. And then there's a training montage. Yep. And they're being so mean to poor little Steve Rogers. He's like 
trying to climb the little rope fence and like trying to crawl under the barbed wire and the guy kicks over one of the beams so the barbed wire falls on him and he gets yelled at a bunch. Yeah. But then he does the Mulan thing. Cause the Mulan thing? Yeah. Where they're like running and then one of the like commanding officers is like, whoever can get this flag gets to ride home with Miss Peggy. That happens in Mulan? Yeah, like all the army guys have to try to like climb a pole to get the flag and no oh. one's ever been able to do it. And then um, rather than like using her brawn, uh, Mulan uses her brains and uh, ties some weights around her arm to climb the pole so that she can like counterbalance and hold on more tightly than trying to do it all with like just the strength of your arms and legs because that's like impossible. Uh-huh. Um, and then she gets the flag and everyone's like, how'd she do that? Or he, because she's dressed as a man. Uh, oh. <laughs> so yeah, he uh he just like pulls the the bearings and the whole thingy out, and it falls down, and hands the flag to him, and then climbs him back, and it's like the first little shared glance between him and Peggy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. In the meantime, uh, part of the speech was they're going to design a new breed of super soldier. Mm-hmm. Um. So then, Doctor. Erskine and um, Colonel Tommy Lee are talking about who they want to pick for their mm-hmm. first super soldier. You can tell Dr. Erskine wants to pick Steve Rogers and Tommy Lee wants to pick that brawny jerk who yeah. who, <laughs> who Peggy punched. <laughs> um, because Dr. Erskine wants something more than just muscles because hopefully the, the super steroid will give him muscles. Yeah. And he wants that little bit of brains. Mm-hmm. He's looking for smarts, and then that, then he does this thing with this dummy grenade where he like where somebody throws out a dummy. I think Tommy grenade. Lee did. Yeah, and then they're like grenade, and like everybody hides behind stuff. But Steve Rogers jumps on the great grenade and like yeah. hugs it, and he's like, "Get away, everybody!" He's so selfless, and it's like totally embarrassing. But like that's so cute and sweet, and like. What I thought was a totally ridiculous thing, and like I've heard of people like, you know, diving on grenades or whatever, but I'm like, it's a grenade. That's super stupid. But Mythbusters did it, and it would totally work. That's pretty good. Pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense because you're absorbing all, one person is absorbing all the scrap, mm-hmm. shrapnel at the source. So it wouldn't yeah. hit much of anything else. That's perfect. But, you know, it would probably kill you. I don't think there would be yeah, time to, uh, Put a arc reactor in your chest to stop the shrapnel. <laughs> and, and a magnet. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. You, you'd be dead. All right. So, Dr. Skin talks to Steve about becoming a super soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a recent history lesson about Germany and about how before uh, Nazis invaded Germany before they invaded anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk about um, Johann Schmidt and Hydra and the head of research of the Nazi division and then makes uh, Steve promise that he will remain a good man yeah. and not a perfect soldier. Because he says that the super soldier serum, um, it just amplifies, you know, not only your muscles, but like your personality too. And so if you're already a jerk like that other guy, you're just going to be even more of a jerk. But like if you learned like the hard way to have some compassion and humanity 
then you can like probably be like a really good dude who just happens to be really strong. And drink some schnapps. No, <laughs> I was gonna go with really strong and really sexy. Oh yeah, definitely really sexy. Um, also schnapps. <laughs> also like Chris Evans was always like cute and like hot. Like he's always been like fairly well built, but like holy crap. Like, so, do you know this backstory about Chris Evans being in the Fantastic Four movie? No. So, Chris Evans was in the original Fantastic, not the original Fantastic Four, but the one, not the reboot, with um, uh, Kate Mara, who is the uh, officer of the court in Iron Man. Uh-huh. Uh, so, she's in the new Fantastic Four. Um, and Johnny Storm is played by um, Michael B. Jordan, who is in Black Panther. <laughs> okay. But in the first Fantastic Four with Jessica Alba, Chris Evans plays her brother, Johnny Storm. Um, okay. So I remember that. Not at all, but I've seen that movie and I remember Jessica Alba. And he's also shirtless in that, um, which is awesome. But, because uh, like whenever he starts on fire, it like burns off his clothes until he gets this like special uniform. Uh-huh. So he's like naked all the time, uh, which is great. But he was not as muscular. Uh-huh. And I just think it's like a funny coincidence that both people that have played Johnny Storm in another Marvel movie owned by Fox are now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So then they go to the secret lab in the U.S. Um, and oh. I know Steve does not get a last drink. Oh yeah. Like he offers him the the schnapps, but then he's like, "Oh no, sorry, I forgot. You have a procedure tomorrow. No fluids." And then he learns later that he can't drink alcohol because his metabolism's too fast, and he can't get drunk. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> so the next day he goes to the secret lab. He chit chats with Peggy in the car, where they talk about how bad Steve is with women. Mm-hmm. And what else? Oh, like all the alleys he's ever been beat up in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like all the alleys. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know how to dance. And she's like, you must have danced. And he's like, no, I'm just waiting for the right partner. And then they share another glance. Uh-huh. And then they get to the secret lab. Also, her we- bright red lipstick is amazing. Just side note. I don't know what it is. Like mac or what but it's real nice i'm sure he also thinks so i bet a whole lot he's just constantly thinking about kissing her yep and he hasn't eaten (laughs) also that so they get to the lab which is through an antique shop there's a secret entrance Mm -hmm. so this must like look like the most popular antique shop (laughs) ever because once they get down to the secret lab there are so many people and people in like military police helmets and like senators and like everybody's there. I assume there's like a back entrance. Howard Stark's there, but... Like an underground entrance. Okay. Because they have all that equipment down there. Yeah, but why did they go through the antique store entrance then? I don't know. It'd be cool to introduce that old lady with the shotgun. Okay. I don't know. What does she say? Oh, the code word. Oh, they talk about the weather. The yeah. old lady says, very nice weather. And then Peggy says. But I always carry an umbrella with me. Yes. <laughs> Side okay. note, I always carry an umbrella with me, but I just happened to not have it today. And it rained very hard. 
Really hard. Briefly, but coincidentally, after we watched this movie. Yeah. Then they open a little, like, hidden briefcase door, bookshelf thing. Book Briefcase? Bookshelf. What? Hidden bookshelf door. <laughs> uh, and they go down into the lab, and Howard Stark is down there. Uh-huh. And he's got this, like, machine that looks like one of those, like, oxygen chambers that, like, athletes get in. Yeah. Wait. What do athletes get in? For, like, blood doping. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I think it is just an iron lung. No, an iron lung is different, right? Is it? I don't know. It's just, like, a pressurized, like, chamber so that, like, your, your blood oxygen is, like, different. Oh. And then they, like, take their blood out, right? I don't know. Ask Lance Armstrong. So. (laughs) um, Okay. Isn't blood doping just adding more blood? Yeah. You like take out your like better oxygenated blood and then you put it back in you later. Right. So that it's like the altitude change. Okay. Hold on. For like training and stuff. No, it's got to be that. Okay. So. The altitude training is you do it and then you make more red blood cells. They're more highly concentrated in your system. Okay, that then. (laughs) But that's just training at higher altitudes so that when you go down to lower altitudes, you perform better. Okay, I'm looking it up now. (laughs) Okay, this blood doping is boosting the number of red blood cells in the bloodstream by many methods. Okay, great. (laughs) but none of them involve actually, like, getting in an iron lung. I swear that you can do that. Because it cha- like it's pressurized, and that's what, like, the altitude changes are, right? But yeah. usually it's Pretty you're, sure like, you running that. at that altitude. But that's work. Yeah. Like, you can just crawl in a tube. Yeah, that's kind of part of training as an athlete is to work. They're not training, they're cheating. <laughs> if you want to win, you got to do both. I've never had wanna- a problem with blood doping if it's your own blood. Like, they're not using drugs or steroids. They're using their own blood. Yeah, but it's pretty (laughs) non-natural. Okay. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) Side Side note. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, He's like, you ready? And he's like, yeah, I'm ready. He takes off his shirt. He takes off his shirt. But not his pants. No, which is a bummer. Which is weird because you think if you're like, your shirt wasn't going to fit after this thing. Your pants would also not fit. They would because he still has the same waist size. Chris Evans's waist is the same size as mine. Yeah. It's insanity. And his shoulders are like six inches bigger than mine. Like, that's why he's got the Dorito body. Because he's like fully triangle torsoed. And it's crazy. Yeah, but like also his pants should be shorter because he literally Oh, he did grow like multiple inches. So, yeah. so he should come out and he should be wearing, I don't want to call them culottes, but what's the name for this? Okay. Um, capris. He should come out wearing capris. Yes. Yeah. High waters. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, guys. <laughs> I look really cool in front of this pretty lady. <laughs> yeah. So he gets in the tube and then they like stick him in the arm and he's like, ow, that. Is that that's the serum? And he's like, that's just the penicillin. Yeah. Which I didn't understand. He didn't have an infection. Um, I'm assuming it was preventative. Is Take there... preventative antibiotics. That sounds dangerous. Um, we not get into <laughs> antibiotics, please. <laughs> we don't have a soundbite for that. 
No, we're not talking about antibiotics. When was penicillin invented? And then he gets the serum infused like all over his body and all the serum tubes are like, it's like this very blue color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they close the thing on him. And then they give him the Vita rays. Which is like this bright color. And I don't know why he needs to be in this pod other than to absolutely like save money in like not showing a transformation of somebody growing muscles and growing yep. uh, growing taller. Or if they were like, oh, now that you're in this like airtight chamber, we're also treating you with some gas. But anyway. Yeah, Vita so, rays, yeah. and he's like, I can take it, even though it sounds like he's in pain. And like, and Peggy's like, turn it off, Howard, stop. And Howard's like looking frantically, but he's like, no, keep going. And then so Howard just keeps turning the dial. Yep. Like, now it's at 70%, now it's 80%, and then it gets to 100, and everything shorts out, and then it opens, and he's shirtless and sweaty and muscular. Erskine and Howard like help him out of the tube by like fully like fondling his torso. Like they both have their hands on his abs and on his pecs and his shoulders, like help him down. I'm like, most people just like drape their arms over their shoulders and help him down, like put your hand on their back to stabilize them, but they're just like feeling on him, which I would too. Okay. <laughs> and then Peggy yep. nearly does the same thing. Yep. She just kind of a little hesitant tap on the peck. Yep. Which I would too. It's just yeah. so glistening. And then action. Because mm-hmm. in that room, in all those people that either came in the front the front door with the secret code <laughs> or in the back door where I don't know where it is, there is a secret assassin. Yeah, he drops was- his cigarette box as they all get up with the different like government agents and military officers to go down and look at Steve. And like we're like, oh no, he dropped a cigarette box in his chair, and then he pulls out his lighter, and when he flicks it, it blows up the balcony. Oh. And then he grabs one of the vials of serum. Oh. And uh, I don't remember who shouts, like Howard or someone is like, stop that man. Um, but then he pulls out a gun and he shoots Stanley Tucci like three times. And he dies. Uh-huh. And Steve, like, falls to his knees and is like, no, you deserve so much better than this. And he, like, points at him. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he was gesturing I don't know. towards. I just <laughs> like, wrote. You look hot. Yeah, this is a, oh. Oh, this is what it was. It was like a, he was still the same person. Don't change. Uh, okay. This was the message. Don't change. Mm. so yep. then he's like I got him I'll go after him and Peggy's like already on it because she's badass so she's out in the street and the guy gets in the car and he like speeds off he steals a taxi but she's like shooting him and she almost gets him and then uh, he like whips a U-turn and like tries to run her down and Steve like tackles her out of the way and she's like I had it and he's like sorry and then like starts running after the car because he can run at almost the speed of a car now yep. Um, but he's yep. barefoot <laughs> Yep. shirtless yeah just running through town oh, and has like new leg length so uh-huh. like if you really just grew a few inches you'd be a little uh a little oh, wait no, i think down. he has a shirt back on at this point right he does i don't yeah he does but you can still see his pecs like jiggling in his, in his 
skin tight shirt. Oh, wow. uh, and it's white. And so then when he dives into the ocean after the guy who gets in this like oh you submarine go back because he the the bad guy like goes to the pier yeah steals some kid from the oh I skipped the kid stealing yeah and is like I got this kid you can't come after me because I'll shoot this kid and I'm using him as body armor. And then he throws the kid into the ocean and Captain America looks over and the kid's like, it's okay, I can swim. (laughs) I enjoyed that That was a great line. Because like a lot of time, if you're a person, you can swim. (laughs) And you don't need to be saved. And like with like docks and like, you know, those are relatively like calm waters Mm -hmm. where you don't need to be saved. So that was pretty good, and but like the the bad assassin guy like jumps into the water. It's and, in a like, submarine. And he gets it's in like, a submarine, like I, the Batmobile submarine. Yeah, I called it Batman submarine. <laughs> and then Steve like just swims after him. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, like the Batman submarine. Like this is World War Two. I have seen so. <laughs> I, I want to be like I've seen so many submarine butts that. That's a little bit of an overstatement. But I have, like, seen submarines and been in submarines from this era. And that is, like, way beyond. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's, like, a single person. <laughs> like It's totally Batman submarine. Like, yeah. if you didn't need to spend weeks down there. So, and uh, also looks as black and, yeah. Yeah, but... And, like, it has jet engines. Yeah. But Steve catches up and he just punches right through the window, which I'm not buying because if it's truly a submarine, it needs to be able to withstand the pressure of, like, deep sea dive. Yeah. And, like, you can't even punch through most, like, car windows. Like, a submarine window is going to be unpunchable even for a super soldier. Yeah, like, your your bones and your your skin Mm -hmm. and flesh on your hand. Yeah. Those didn't increase and become. I mean, maybe they did. Uh, antimonium, anti. What's the what's the Wolverine substance? Adamantium. Adamantium. Yeah, they didn't become antim- adamantium. So, fun fact: What's stronger, adamantium or vibranium? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> they exist in the same universe. No, not according to this thing. Not in the cinematic universe, but in the comics, they do. Don't care. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, so he pulls the guy out, throws him up on the dock, which was a super impressive throw. He was down like 10 feet and the guy still like has some air to him. Um, Yep. And then uh, he gets the the vial that he stole and um, they get the submarine and they get, I feel like they get some, oh, he just like, he says like Hail Hydra or whatever. Yeah. And then he like, breaks his tooth and eats the cyanide capsule which like was like one of his front teeth i'm pretty sure that's not where they put it yeah i feel like it's one of your back teeth yeah. i also feel like it should be really really hard to break because how many times have you like accidentally like bit your cheek right or, like done something crazy i've like i broke a real tooth i've chipped my front tooth twice on an ice cream sandwich <laughs> yeah so like damn i I grind my teeth at night. <laughs> so, oops, she died in her <laughs> sleep. Foaming at the mouth. From her cyanide pill. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's just a lesson that I should never become a spy. I guess. Then um, 
Uh, Steve's like all over the news. Yep. And uh, I also love that they like before he gets his shield, they make take every opportunity for him to use random objects as a shield. Like he uses the door from the taxi as a shield. Yep. And uh, there's something else in the movie he uses a shield. Pre shield though. Yep. Maybe that's why they named it that. Yeah. Um. Oh. <laughs> Okay, you heard that eye roll too. Okay, <laughs> so so he gets debriefed with the U.S. government. However, Colonel Tommy Lee is like, "You're only one soldier. We won't be able to recreate the super serum without yeah. Doctor Erskine." And he's like, "Let's send you someplace out of the way because you're. I asked for an army and not just you." But. He's a pop culture hero because he just saved that kid who, yep. who could like totally swim. He's in the newspapers. Yeah. There's like comic books. Yep. And so they fit him for a costume. Mm-hmm. They're he, like chief marketing director of <laughs> the army <laughs> comes up and he's like, you want to you wanna help America? You want to help fight for your country? And he's like, that's all I've ever wanted. And then it cuts to a montage of him. Doing little TV spots or movie spots and like stage performances around the country trying to sell bonds for the yep. war. Yep. He goes an in person tour where he tours with some uh, some dancing ladies. Mm-hmm. And but they sing doesn't, an awesome song. Yeah. But doesn't kiss like any of them on stage. No, because he's Captain America. He's too pure. He's the star spangled man with the plan. Yep. And the plan is to buy war bonds. Yep, and he gets to be in a newsreel. And then he goes on a USO tour, so he's going over to Europe. From Chicago to Milwaukee, from somewhere to Spokane. Yep. Anyway, goes on the USO tour, and the soldiers there don't react as well. No, they want the cute girls to come back. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Agent Carter comes to talk to him because he's all down about how his like performance didn't go so well. Tells him that he was meant for more than this. Mm-hmm. He says that um, that they sent out uh, the 107th Division. That's where Bucky was stationed, but only a quarter of them came back. And and he's like, oh, no. Oh, no, I got to figure out what happened to Bucky. So he goes to ask Colonel Tony Lee, hey, did Bucky come back? Or, like, where's Bucky? Is Bucky dead? And he's like, um... Uh, I don't, I, that name seems familiar. So I think yeah, he's such know. a dick about it. He doesn't even look. Yeah, he's like, that name's, I sent out a lot of condolence letters today. I don't buy that because, like, I don't care how many letters you send out. Buchanan Barnes. <laughs> it's alliteration and a very specific name. Yeah, but his first name is James. So it might That's have just true. said James Barnes. That's true. But anyway, he sees this map. In the colonel's office, geography, which tells him since he's a geography guy, oh, there's lots of stuff going on in Hydra's nearby. In Austria. So, why don't I make a plan? So, he goes to Peggy Carter, and they make a plan. So, they take uh, Howard Stark's plane to get him closer. He's going to go rescue them at at what I would call it Hydra base. Mm Mm-hmm. Hydra, Hydra Camp? Hydra Camp. Let's go with Hydra yeah. Camp. Um, Peggy says Stark is the best civilian pilot, and they're 
lucky to have them. And then he asked them if they could stop over at some place for fondue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they start getting shot at. And um, Captain America just jumps out of the plane and says, head back now. And they were like, we wanted to bring you closer. And he's like, head back now. Um, also, it seems that Cap thinks fondue is like a sexual thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, at first I thought he was just being bitter about it because he realized that Howard was asking her on a date. But then later he makes it, like, very clear that he thinks that fondue is, like, a sex thing. <laughs> I thought it was just like he thought it was a euphemism. Okay, still. Like, what? what? Are you guys doing fondue? And she's like, it's just cheese and bread. Like. Yep. Which is not always true. Sometimes it's chocolate. Yep. That's one that's better. <laughs> true i love cheese that's so much cheese yes red skull gets a lecture from some nazis about wasting time and money then he shows them the results of his work which is a laser gun powered by i called it the infinity cube here basically you don't know that yet (laughs) okay but everybody won't freaking shut up about infinity stones so i guess i that's the reason i know it Mm -hmm. that vaporizes guys and then he uses it to vaporize the guys that came to lecture him. Yeah. And then he states that Hydra will no longer stay in Hitler's shadow. So now they're the bad guys instead of Hitler. I mean, Hitler's still a bad guy. Um, in this movie. It's not- uh, yeah. <laughs> Hitler's still a bad guy. Um, yeah. Oh, we also didn't talk about Steve punching Hitler. Oh, yeah. He punches an actor playing Hitler in his little, like... By War Bonds and tour. In the... Because you're very excited about how right I was in my predictions yes. about what happens in this movie. Yeah. I was right on. Um, In the credits for the movie, the actor that gets punched is credited as Adolf Hitler <laughs> in quotes. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, oh. But yeah, so he is like, he just dive bombs right out of that plane much better than the Hulk did, I must say. It was a lot more heroic. Um, uh-huh. And just like into an active war zone. Goes to that base. Yep. Oh, he jumps in a um, in a truck. Mm-hmm. A truck headed for the Hydra base in the back of the truck. He has like there. a Looney Tunes fight in the back of the <laughs> truck. There are two Hydra soldier guys who are dressed like RoboCops. Oh, they all are. They're all dressed like RoboCops. I don't understand it. Who knows? But yeah, he's in the back of the truck and then it like zooms out to like an angle outside of the truck where you see the like caravan. You just see like arms and legs like on the tarp (laughs) of the truck. And then the two guys fly out of the back. And the Hydra laughs. Red Skull is yelling about stuff. He's still got his 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 human face on. <laughs> he's like, "We should be moving faster. We're making the Valkyrie, which is some sort of weapons." And he says, "Workers are replaceable," but he's not talking about Jews, which you would normally assume in a World War Two Nazi movie. He's yeah. talking about the um. Nazis. No, he's he's. Ta- I thought he was talking about the American soldiers they just captured. Oh, them too. I think he's just talking about everybody. Like okay. he just wants his weapons. Yeah. So he says they're replaceable, and they um, 
They focus in on this guy in a bowler hat who mm-hmm. looks like a leprechaun, like a giant leprechaun. <laughs> that actor, I don't remember his name, but everything he's in, he makes me so uneasy and I just don't trust him. I didn't trust him in this movie either. But uh, that's, this is when they make the like racist Japanese comment. Oh, because they they come, when Captain America like gets there and he's releasing the um, Soldiers. prisoners of yeah. war from their cages. He says, are you going to release that guy too? <laughs> he's like, and they're just taking everybody, aren't they? Yeah, and he's and it's this Asian guy, and he's like, I'm from Fresno. <laughs> and like holds up his dog tags. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, and I was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I mean, there people were racist back then. People were very racist back But there back were like then. black people like, in World War II. There were black people in World War II, but it was still segregated yeah. in World War II. And like also... I'm not. I'm not sure what the situation with was with Asians in World War II. Yeah, I don't know. But like, obviously, Japanese people had their own situation going on. Yeah, I shouldn't say obviously because like it's not obvious to everybody. Guess what? People Japanese had people had their own situation going on. <gasps> they were not on our team. <laughs> it was. It was a very um, sad point in American history. <laughs> well, that didn't happen yet. What? The bombing? No. <laughs> I'm talking about Japanese internment camps. Oh, you're talking about Japanese Americans. Yeah, Japanese and Americans. <laughs> okay. Yes. Like that is that is that is very like poor treatment. <laughs> yeah. Kinda like today. Okay. I don't know what you're referring to today. The like Mexican situation. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um History repeats itself in not super fun yeah, ways. Yeah, and and the Supreme Court on that found in favor of keeping Japanese Americans in internment camps, which like has like is like is rejected by most people. Yeah, but has been cited recently in favor of yes, this is legal. Well, and that's what's so insane to me because like it's just really hypocritical. Like, you can't. Be mad at Nazis for putting people in concentration camps. Like even it's like such a a marketing thing to to call them internment camps because like they were concentration camps. Like they weren't as bad, but like they yes. weren't great. Yes, like yeah. Um, I went to like a Japanese American museum, and they definitely call them concentration camps. Yeah. and in you know frequently that's the only. That's the only content text in which concentration camps, like the word is used, is like within the World War II, mm-hmm. Germany. But like the definition of just the word, yeah, that definitely falls in. Absolutely. Anyway. So yeah, he sets them free. And then they all start using the like plasma weapons. Also, just like side note, I thought it was kind of cool and interesting. And I missed this all the other times watching it, um, I think only because we just watched Thor um, and then having seen Thor Ragnarok 2 where they get into it a lot more, like all of the like uh, like lore, like the Valkyrie, like Red Skull's like naming everything that he does after like Uh-oh. Nordic. like Nordic myth. Yeah. That was pretty cool. You know, he's really into that history and like they tied it into Thor and he's talking about Odin's staff and all that. Yeah. 
Um, so good on them for that. You know, thinking ahead or thinking behind, I suppose. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then um, they're all escaping, and Red Skull sees Captain America on his like security feed. And did they have security cameras in World War Two? No. <laughs> CCTV. No. <laughs> that felt a little out of place. But I guess they're Hydra, the research <laughs> division, so they can have whatever the fuck they want. I guess so. Um, so he sees uh, Captain America, and his immediate reaction, even though this seems to be like one of, if not their main base, is just let's self destruct everything. So he flicks like six self destruct switches, and uh, Dr. Uh, Igor or whatever, his little sidekick is like, what are you doing? Like, all my research is here. And he's like, we're outnumbered and outmanned. And then he points to Captain America. He's like on the search for Bucky. Like he doesn't really care about saving the rest of the people here. Like he does a little bit, but like he just wants to find Bucky because yeah. they're in love. And, oh, um, okay. <laughs> it, oh, so you're not aware yet and we don't get into it quite until the next Captain America movie. But, like, we ship Bucky and Captain America, and they're in love. Um, okay. I he thinks he was... he's in love with Peggy, but, like, she's old woman now. He's in love with Bucky. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he goes and he finds Bucky, like, strapped to a little table. It's not the first time that this will happen to poor Bucks. And um, sets him free, and he's very disoriented. And then he sees another map on the wall. Maps. And he's real good at geography. Geography. Because he commits that map to memory pretty instantly. Oh, yeah. I'd say. Like, yeah. He kind of just glances at it and then they run out. Um, and so then, like, everything's blowing up and there's, like, a huge fight scene between the escaped prisoners of war and the Robocops. And they're shooting cannons and tanks <laughs> and machine guns and plasma weapons. Everything's blowing up. Lots of fireworks. Um, and then Bucky and Cap are like running on this catwalk. And they run into Red Skull and the psychic guy. and Dr. Zola. Dr. Zola. And then he, he like they confront each other and Red Skull's like, he may have told you that he was you were his perfect creation, but really I was the perfect creation, and he was just ashamed or whatever. And uh, then he punches him in the face, and it like rips his uh, little human mask a little bit, and you can see like the red under his eyeball. So then he just like rips it off and just like throws it into the fire. So big reveal! It's Red Skull. <laughs> he has a red face yep. and no nose and no nose. <laughs> He looks like a red skull. Um, not great. The costume design was not not great. What are you gonna do with a villain like that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, change the, it. It's dumb. But they're both like essentially super s- soldiers, and for some whatever reason, you know, his super soldier transformation made him into a loses head skin yeah they did not go into that at all what happened to his nose or his skin on his face (laughs) or why his skull is bright red 
What happened happened to your head? (laughs) Oh, super serum reaction. Uh, But yeah, so he, um, he like escapes because the Dr. Zola like separates the catwalk and then they get in an elevator and everything's blowing up and Bucky and Cap are like, can run across this little like rebar or not rebar, um, scaffolding scaffolding yeah that's fine whatever you've fallen yeah um and so then bucky makes it but then it falls into the fire and so cap just runs and jumps and then it cuts away to the boot camp and tommy lee jones is like declaring him dead and like missing an action or whatever yeah in the meantime red skull escaped on a helicopter that's shaped like a rocket which would not have worked you know it would not because you need two helicopter blades otherwise (laughs) you just spin in a circle and then dr zola is given the hydrocar keys so that they escape not a scratch yep yep um yep so colonel tommy lee is writing that that report where he's like Captain mm. America is killed in action or missing in action. And he says Stark's the number one weapons contractor, so he's not gonna get in any trouble, but And because he's rich. Oh yeah, and he's rich. But Peggy Carter is in big trouble. Because she's a woman and not rich. Mm-hmm. But then Captain America comes back and there's lots of triumphant music. Yep. And he has a hydro tank. Everyone's so excited. He's got hydro tech. He's got their like little plasma bullets, everything. Uh, and then like Peggy's all happy. And because he's such a little goody two shoes, he's like surrendering myself for disciplinary action. And Tom Lee Jones, like, that's not going to be necessary. Uh, yeah. Oh, and then cut to some sort of medal ceremony. And the medal of valor is supposed to be presented, but oh, he's not there. And who's it being presented by? But Colonel General Stanley. Stanley's not presenting it. He's not? Is he in the audience? Yeah. Who the fuck is presenting it? I don't know. Okay. I just wanted to be Stanley. And I just wrote Stanley there. (laughs) It's like a young guy. Young is it? He's younger than Stan Lee. You're right. Stan Lee is super old. Okay, is it Senator Brandt? Maybe. Okay, who cares? But it doesn't matter because they had this whole ceremony, and you know what? Freaking Captain America isn't even on the same continent. He's in England. Yeah, and so the he's he's coordinating the war now. The joke is like the the like assistant. Or the stage manager runs out and he's like tells the guy that Captain America's not there. And then Stanley's like in an army uniform and he leans over and he's like, I thought he'd be taller. Like mm-hmm. making the joke that that guy's Captain America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not your favorite cameo, I take it. No. <laughs> All right. Captain America's in England. He's in England with Peggy. Now they're playing war stuff. With Colonel Tommy Lee. And. Another woman. Weirdly enough, not running into Wonder Woman. Oh, no, that was World War I. That was World War I. But she's also in England on, like, that same pier. (laughs) But you know what other woman is there? I called her Marjorie. (laughs) Oh, yes, she was. 
No, but she, her her name in this is not Marjorie. She just I don't know if she has a name in this. I don't. I don't think she does. She just um she plays Marjorie in Game of Thrones. She plays Anne Boleyn too. Okay, so so noted. I will be calling her Marjorie. Her name's Natalie. I will be calling her Marjorie. <laughs> Natalie Dormer. Um, and she's blonde, and uh, she's reading about Captain America rescuing all the soldiers as Captain America walks in very, very coincidentally. And uh, she's like, kind of just like brushes him off. She's like, Colonel's busy. But then she realizes who he is and she puts her paper down and she's like, I was just reading about you. That was so brave what you did. And he's like, oh, it's no big deal. She's like, you saved almost 400 people. Now uh, I know what you'd flirt like if you were a woman. <laughs> and then he, she stands up and walks over to him and then just like grabs him and kisses him because he deserves a thank you from the women of America. But the women of America are not here to say thank you. Yep. I, I don't know how the men of America would say thank you, but I'm assuming it's in the exact same way. Yeah. Then they're interrupted by Peggy. Yeah, and she's not pleased. Nope. Because they were supposed to be dancing with each other. Yep. And so then they, uh, she's like, Howard wants to see you and show you some new stuff if you're not otherwise occupied. Yeah, and he tries to explain. Mm-hmm. And then he has a conversation with Howard Stark about women. Yes. Don't ever try to understand what's in their heads. Yep. But then they learn about something much simpler, like shields. Yeah, he finds the vibranium shield unpainted with the stars and stripes. Which I think is so funny because it's made out of the fanciest metal. Mm -hmm. But he picks out the one that's a prototype and all the other ones he's like, this is electric and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I like this like simple circle one. And it's a simple boy. Yeah. But like, why, like, if you're making a prototype, why would you use the most fancy metal? You'd be like, what else are they going to do with it? With the fancy metal? Yeah. I don't know. Make something special with it instead of a prototype. What I would like to know is how they made the shield because I don't remember if. Howard has, like, the knowledge or the technology, but, like, it's a very big thing in, like, Black Panther and Age of Ultron that, like, nobody knows how to use the vibranium and, like, mold it outside of Wakanda. Well, maybe they made it in Wakanda and they just ordered a prototype. (laughs) I don't know. Well, anyway, so he picks up the shield and then he's like, Peggy, what do you think? Because he's, like, somehow forgotten that she's pissed at him. And she just, like, picks up a pistol off the counter and shoots at him. Yep. (laughs) Which I love. But the shield works. It does. She doesn't actually shoot him. Yeah. Bounces off. And she's like, guess it works. And he's a little taken aback that he just got shot at. By the woman he likes. Mm -hmm. Which he shouldn't be because he should know that she's pissed because he was just kissing kissing another girl. Yep. Um, so um, yeah. So he puts together a team of the best soldiers, which involves that giant leprechaun and some <laughs> French guy. It's very much like the band of Merry Men from Thor. 
and that 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 Asian guy is in it too, mm-hmm. right? It's, the Asian guy from Fresno. They're like super multiracial. It's like the Asian guy from Fresno, the leprechaun guy who seemed to be kind of Irish or Scottish or something. There's the British guy, and then the French guy, and then the black guy who speaks German and French. Oh well, that's convenient. <laughs> and and then bucky and bucky because when they're there's a little scene during the big firefight where they first get in the tank and it's the leprechaun guy and the black guy and leprechaun guy's trying to drive the tank and he doesn't know how and then the black guy gets in and he's like that one that means like go in german and he's like you speak german and he's like yeah, I took two semesters in college, but then I switched to French because the girls are cuter. And then the leprechaun guy goes, didn't need your backstory. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I just wrote down a war battle montage where they fight a lot. And oh, and then the before they leave. The does lots of stuff. Before they leave, though, they're at the bar where he's putting the team together. And Peggy comes in this really pretty red dress. And everyone in the bar stops and looks at her and the music stops. <laughs> and uh then bucky and cap walk over to her and she's like you know we'll see you tomorrow morning and then um bucky's like trying to hit on her but she's not interested and he's like i'm invisible this must be i'm you now mm-hmm. yeah well, and then yeah so they're just gallivanting through europe yeah fighting the uh fighting yep. the hydras yep. presumably fighting nazis too Yep, now the shield does lots of stuff. Now he throws the shields and knock, knocks guys out of trees mm-hmm. and whatever. Um, also, Peggy's in his pocket watch, so you see that in yeah. newsreel. So now, now Peggy knows that really he likes her and not that blonde lady. What that, a creepy thing to do. That was a kissing on him. Like, that's creepy. It is. Like, if, if she gave him the pocket watch, that's one thing. If they're or like maybe going steady. he gave her him the picture that would be I don't know I don't know she seemed a little surprised by it yeah well if you gave them okay okay it's like if you gave somebody a picture and then you were like oh I see your picture in my in, or my picture in your locker that picture that I gave you it's not like you yeah I think that's but like cut out in the pocket watch that's like if you saw like a montage of your pictures in their locker. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. they're doing the whole battle thing, taking out all the the Hydra bases, but they can't find the one Hydra base, the special Hydra base, because it wasn't on the map. And I put down maps, 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 because there are so <laughs> many maps in that montage. But I would say, hey, maybe, maybe it's time to take a break. Sure. So, Dale. Yes, Felix. Oh, dear. (laughs) How much do you think this movie cost? Okay. So, there was a bunch of CGI, but we've established that CGI is probably less expensive than fireworks and less expensive than what's it called? Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. You know him. But there's a lot of fireworks, too. Are there fire? I feel like there weren't as much fireworks as just like gasoline on fire. That's true. That's true. And I feel like gasoline on fire is much less expensive because I can buy, I buy lots of gasoline at gas stations. <laughs> How about that? So I'm going to go with this costs the exact same amount as 
the last one. Thor. Thor. A hundred and fifty. Forty. A hundred and forty thousand dollars. Million. Million dollars. A hundred and forty thousand million dollars. A hundred and forty million dollars. You are exactly correct. What? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great. Okay. Now ask. Getting me better how, at it. How much it made? I'm going to say it made more than Thor by a hundred and twenty, like a hundred and twenty-five percent as much as Thor. Relate to other things. You're not correct on that one. Okay, tell me about it. It made about ten million dollars less than Thor. Ouch. Hundred and seventy-six million. So it still made all its money back. I mean, okay. Um, domestically. Yeah. Um, and then uh, foreign. I guess it didn't do very well foreign because it's not. Captain uh, France or Captain <laughs> Australia, but they do go Captain to like England, New Germany, Zealand. and Australia. Yeah, but you don't know that before the movie. Yeah, I mean it's a World War Two movie. <laughs> it uh, almost... and also, uh, if you're French, you're like, I've seen lots of World War Two movies, <laughs> so why would I want to see this one? Uh, one hundred ninety-three million. Not bad. Over half. Um, so grand total of 370, so not quite as good as Thor, um, which is fair because it's not quite as good as Thor. We'll see when we get to Batman versus Superman, <laughs> but I will tell that you that you talk a lot more about this one and somebody's pecs than I was just Thor's really pecs. excited about you watching this period piece because you liked Wonder Woman and you like World War II movies. I like and World I War II movies. movies. So much, and this is not a World War II movie. <laughs> it exclusively takes place in World War II. Um, uh, neither of those things are true. <laughs> okay, well, with the exception of the last two minutes of the movie. And, and the first two minutes of the movie. <laughs> also, there is a brand new enemy in World War II, which is not the Nazis. They were Nazis. The Axis. <laughs> they are... We're going to split off from the Nazis Eventually. and step out from Hitler's shadow very, very quickly. The Japanese did in- that, too. Yeah, but they were never in Hitler's shadow. They were like, we're going to make this strategic alliance. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm ending, ending the money segment with this so we can get back. Plot. fighting a war that is not quite but very similar to world war ii <laughs> so uh there's a train battle there's a train battle they go to a train in the alps which is like a great call forward to uh snowpiercer starring chris evans have you seen this movie yes i have but this is not a marvel movie no but it's got chris evans on train in the snow just like this scene Okay, are you just a big secret Chris Evans fan? I don't think it's a secret. Secret <laughs> Chris Evans fan. Okay. I don't. I, he's not that great of an actor. I just love him, and okay. he's so he's so like sweet. Like he gets drunk, and will go to like red carpets and like just be goofy and adorable. He's rocking the beard a lot lately, though. I don't like that. You do not like beards, but he's got great teeth. You like great teeth. I shouldn't really you like, like you teeth. like teeth. That is a specific <laughs> sexual fetish. I didn't like that cyanide tooth. <laughs> um, okay. 
Yeah, so uh, Zola's on the train, and he's transporting his, like, research or whatever, and they're trying to get him. So uh, they... Zipline. Zipline, which I feel like happens in every movie where there's, like, a train sequence. Like, it happened in Solo, and it happens in um, another one. Oh, that I can't think of right now, but I know it does. Where they have to zip line onto the train rather than just like jumping on it or something. Like I mean, they did in Wild West movies. I mean, it makes sense because trains are moving fast. So if you can get up to speed with a train, you are um, much. You're in for a much like softer landing rather than. He like, jumps onto an airplane. <laughs> Okay, you know what? <laughs> and out of an airplane. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he jumps okay. on the train from the zip But line. he's also taking his team of multicultural That's soldiers true. with them. That's that- true. So it's not just him. And Bucky's like, is this payback for that time I made you go on the water slide or the roller coaster? <laughs> the cyclone right. at Coney Island. Yeah. Um, that, that's in Brooklyn. <laughs> and is it still? I thought they lost it to the hurricane. Well, Coney Island's in Brooklyn. Yeah, so they jump on this this bullet train from like 2032. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a total <laughs> sci-fi train. And they get in, once they get inside the train, it's like even more sci-fi. It definitely is. Yeah, um, so they get Captain. They try to get Captain America alone. It's also like jet black. It's like the Batman train. Oh, all, it's totally all the Hydra stuff is Batman stuff. <laughs> yeah, all the Hydra stuff is totally Batman stuff. Okay, they get Captain alone in a train car, and they try to shoot him with like not just like a RoboCop like soldier, like this like hyped up Robo yeah. robot with like even more guns, and then all the regular RoboCop soldiers. Are trying to shoot all the other guys. Mm-hmm. And Bucky's like pinned down. Yep. So Cap like doesn't defeat the RoboCop guy, but he like knocks him down with the shield. And then he goes to help Bucky and like give him a gun because he's out of bullets. And uh, they have to like tag team the guy. And so they get the guy that has Bucky pinned down. But then the big RoboCop guy with the giant plasma guns pops back out and he shoots Bucky. You know, he shoots Cap and Cap goes flying. Bucky grabs the shield. And then he tries to shoot at Bucky, but Bucky deflects it with the shield and flies out the side of the train. And he's like holding on for dear life to like the shrap metal. And then he falls. And it's very sad. I will take your word for that on the very sad part because I know that Bucky comes back. Do you? Yes. I very much do because <laughs> before you just told me they're in love. They are in love. And we will see that later. Yeah, when Cap's crying about the loss of his best friend. No, we will see it later when he comes back because he's the winter soldier. <laughs> How do you know that? Because I've seen I have listened to you sometimes when you talk about other things. <laughs> well, that just spoiled the twist of Winter Soldier, didn't it? Sorry, people. I'm sure you're not listening to this being like, oh, listen to this podcast. They won't reveal any spoilers about a movie franchise that's been around for 10 years. Winter Soldier's only like five years old. Oh. Maybe six. 
don't know when it came out. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Bucky dies. Uh, Bucky dies. Presumably, quotes. he yeah. di- he he like he falls into the, the water. He falls off the side of a mountain off that train. Um, and then Cap's very distraught, so he goes and he grabs Doctor Zola, and they take him to a little prison. Yeah. So once Doctor Zola's in prison, Colonel Tommy Lee brings in his food. Which is steak. Yeah, and the steak looked real good. And he had potatoes, which didn't look cooked very well, but I love potatoes. And broccoli, which is my favorite vegetable. But then he's just got a glass of milk. And I was so off-put by this glass of milk. You and milk. It's weird to me to just drink straight milk. It's not healthy. Yes. Like, our bodies can't process it right, because it's like we're supposed to drink human milk, not cow milk. Um, milk is real weird. thick, and it's gross. Milk is real weird. It's meant to be on cereal or made into ice cream, and that's but it. But ice cream is so delicious. Or cheese. Yeah. But that's like yeah. heavy cream. That's not milk. Anyway, doesn't matter. The point is they have a conversation. I think prison. the point is that drinking milk is weird, but. Okay, whatever. And They have a conversation in this prison, and I keep going, Hey, when is Howard Stark going to show up? Because apparently if you're a Stark, you just get to talk to whatever prisoner you want and give them state secrets for whatever reason. Yeah. But he's like, no, he threatens him. He's like, you can either turn on the Red Skull or we're going to hand you over to Captain America and you killed his best friend. So good luck with that. Yeah, he basically says, like, everybody else kills your, themselves with cyanide pills, and you haven't, so I think that you don't want to die, and yeah. you should give us your secrets. And, like, Red Skull's going to murder you because we sent some, like, notice to the British people that we know you're going to intercept. That makes it sound like you turned on him. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so then he, like, he just gives them all the information, and uh, Red Skull is, like, building a Batman plane because everything he makes is Batman theme. Yep, it's called the Valkyrie. It's real big. It's real black. It's a spaceship. Um, yep. And yeah, he's got this like troop of like I mean like they're based on the Nazis. Like they look like it's like a Nazi like rally with the soldiers. Oh yeah. It's like he just has like tons of RoboCop soldiers. Yeah, That's the like point of that scene. Was like, hey, I have lots of soldiers yeah. and Hail a Hydra. still black Batman plane. Which side note, I watched this great YouTube video the other day that like really made me stop and think about World War II propaganda because um, he's talking about how it's like a video essay, and he's talking about how whenever we think about World War II propaganda and think about, like, not even the propaganda, but just, like, think about World War II and, like, Hitler and the Nazi forces, the images yep. that we always have and, like, the video clips that I was playing documentaries are video clips that, like, Hitler commissioned to make it look like they were way more powerful than they actually were, where it's just, like, tons and tons of soldiers marching and, like, all that stuff, even though it was, like, all the soldiers they had and he would just, like, call them into the city so that they could film these movies. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I have lots to say about this, but I'm only <laughs> going to say one thing, which is I saw a bunch of of like less produced stuff, which was shot in color, and towards the end, Hitler looks a little chubby. 
Okay. But wow. it's it's just really interesting because you see Hitler portrayed in the movies so frequently yeah. that um and then like so little of him in in film where he's not just like standing on a balcony mm-hmm. that it was really interesting to see him in this this film called um Hitler and Hitler. Hmm. Is that but the one where he like flirts with the reporter? I don't remember that part. I just remember seeing that and like, like I don't remember what I saw it on, but the person was like really uncomfortable with like this idea that Hitler's just like a person, like you know, just like flirting with some chick. So he's like, he's got his little hydra, and they're all doing the hail hydra thing, cut off the head, two more appearance place, um, and then um, meanwhile, the <laughs> allies. <laughs> <laughs> you love my meanwhiles, huh? Peggy's in a bombed out movie set, as Dale That's, described it. It is. That is exactly she what it looks like. She was fully on a soundstage. <laughs> yeah. And, and Steve's in this bar and he says he has protective cells because not only did like the super serum make his, his muscles grow stronger, but his cells now regenerate. He has four times the metabolism as the average person, and he can't get drunk because his cells are so protective. Mm-hmm. Which and, is a bummer. Yep, and he says he's going to go after Schmidt to wipe out all of Hydra. So now they're in the briefing room, and they're like, the American seaboard is in danger because he has this fancy plane, which I'm, like, if I was Peggy... I'd be sort of like really irritated at because this whole time all of England Mm -hmm. is absolutely under like threat the whole time. And then like once like the tiniest portion of America becomes under threat, like the Americans like flip the fuck out. (laughs) Well, their task force is like focusing on Hydra, not the Nazis. Yeah. But like at the same time, like if Hydra is like, has like the ability to get, to get to the eastern seaboard. They also have to get the ability to get to like all of the United Kingdom. Well, they were going to like his plan was to bomb everyone. Yeah, he just wanted just... to start with America because Captain America was a pain in his neck. Oh, instead of like bombing Captain America, who is literally located in England at this point. Yeah, because like remember when the Nazis came in. And he, like, discovers that map. He's like, Berlin is on this map. And he's like, so it is. Because <laughs> he's going to just bomb everybody. That's a very confusing statement to me. Because, like, Berlin is on every map. <laughs> it was like, it was marked on the map to be bombed. Okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Berlin is on that map of Europe. How about that? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, then they, like, they go. And they're... Uh, Cap's like, I got a plan. We're gonna walk through the front door. And he rides this James Bond motorcycle. Oh my gosh, they all have like fancy James Bond motorcycles. <laughs> it makes no sense. Well, that's the thing. Like the villains, the RoboCop guys had like, I think they reminded me of it's like the scene in The Incredibles where they're like in the jungle and they're on like the hovercraft chasing the kids. And they're like these fancy like Batman motorcycles. And then uh, he's got this James Bond motorcycle that just has all these buttons. <laughs> he's got like, he drops like 
calipers and like shoots flames oh and my like gosh. grenades oh, and like, rockets. It's ridiculous. And he's being chased by Robocops on the motorcycles. <laughs> and then he like does this thing and he like sets his shield in the front of his motorcycle. So it's shielding him as yep. he's like driving. And then he like jumps off the motorcycle and the motorcycle Explodes. Runs into the the door of like the garage door of Hydra and explodes <laughs> and just explodes open that door even yeah. though like given the amount of armament on that door what would happen is instead of like exploding it would have like hit that door and then like if it was well armed it would have just like caught on fire and nothing would have happened. <laughs> but yeah, so, oh he also has a like trip wire that shoots out of the motorcycle oh, yeah. at one point oh, to like. Gosh. It was very Scooby Doo, um, and then oh, oh, this movie is entirely Scooby Doo. <laughs> so then he uh, he goes inside of this airplane hangar, and they're loading up the bombs onto the plane. But then Red Skull sees that he's there, so he just runs on the plane. And then Cap's like, "We gotta catch him!" And he's like trying to run after him, but he can't catch a plane. But then Tommy Lee Jones and Peggy show up in the like Hydromobile. And they're just like speeding down and Cap jumps in and then they click on the turbo and it flies super fast and he catches up with the plane and he jumps onto the landing gear and they have to like slam a U-turn because they almost fall off a cliff. It's like a James Bond villain layer just like in the Alps on a cliff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then Cap's in the plane and he's like fighting some more Robocop guys because all of the bombs are individual helicopter missiles like the one that he escaped in yeah so they have to be piloted by a robocop guy and, the, and so so like yeah like essentially the valkyrie is a batman plane that's large enough to carry a bunch of smaller <laughs> planes inside of it that are also bombs that are also bombs and so what is Possibly my favorite part of the movie, uh, at least the most shocking part of the movie, uh, one of the RoboCop guys gets away in one of the bomb planes headed for Chicago, and it, they like drop it, and then Cap jumps out on top of it, and he's like trying to shake him, but he can't, and then like another RoboCop guy jumps out on top of it, and he's like punching him, and then he just throws him through the propellers. And it just oh, yeah, like shreds the, his the body. The propellers are on the back of the bomb planes instead of the front. Yeah. And like, never in a Marvel movie does anything this graphic happen where there's like actual, it was like a scene out of Mortal Kombat. Like, there was blood spatter and just like, it was, it was really fast. So it wasn't very gory, but it was just like, it was a lot. And I was shocked that that happened in a PG 13 Marvel movie. Especially because I think it's the first movie that Disney purchased. Oh. <laughs> um, or after Disney purchased Marvel. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot. And so then Cap like flies the bomb plane into the Valkyrie. And so he's back on board. And then um, he goes into the cockpit, which is like a throne room. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. <laughs> And he's, like, sneaking around, like, because, like, the throne slash captain seat is facing the windows front forward. And he's, like, I don't know if Red Skull's in the chair. I don't know if he can hear me. So he's, like, tiptoeing. 
But then Red Skull's not in the chair, and he's got a plasma gun, and he, like, pops out behind him, and they start fighting. And the fight doesn't last very long, um, but they, like, hit a, a control, and then the plane starts, like, dive-bombing, nose-diving down, and, like, they're up so high, so, like, gravity gets all messed up, which, like... Yeah, they're in the stratosphere, Yeah. Clearly. It is, like, it is... Yeah. Like, this plane does not exist in real <laughs> World War Two era. Or today. Or or today. Oh. But. Hydra had technology. Yeah, It was being so. powered by the Tesseract. So that's part of it. But, okay. Because um, the Tesseract's in this, like, little podium in the middle of the cockpit room. Oh, okay. We'll make a giant room. Yeah. And so then he, like... Red Skull puts it on autopilot. No, he doesn't. Uh, he goes to the, the Tesseract. No, he does. Somebody puts it on autopilot. Oh, yeah. This is where I started looking up autopilot and stopped paying attention. Yeah. And so the climax of the movie, while Dale's looking up the history of autopilot and planes, um, Red Skull <laughs> goes to the Tesseract and he's like, you're not going to stop me. And he's like grabs it to try to like siphon the power, but like spoiler alert, it's an infinity stone, and you can't just hold an infinity stone in your hand unless you're Thanos. Spoiler alert. So um, it disintegrates his body and explodes in a giant. Sky beam. <laughs> so giant sky beam happens, disintegrates Red Skull, and then it just like starts eating through the floor of the plane. And then it just falls into like the Antarctic. Where were they? Nova Scotia? Uh, uh, the, yeah, it looked like they were above Nova Scotia. Um, or like in the, above the ocean near Nova Scotia. Yeah. And so then Cap's like, plane's going down. I lost the thing. And he's on the radio with Peggy, and she's real sad. He's like, I have to put it down, or a bunch of people are going to die. And he's, she's like, no, we'll find a way to land it. I'll get Howard in here. He can fix it. And he's like, he's a real fun. good pilot. <laughs> and I'm totally not fondoodling him. <laughs> and he's like, no, there's not time. I got to do this. And she's like, well, we have a date. You know, we're going to go dancing at 8 p.m. You better be there. And he's like, I'll be there. And then it cuts out, and she's crying, and she thinks he's dead. And then it flashes back to uh, present day, but we don't know that because uh-huh. it looks like it's still old timey. Yeah. And he's waking up in a hospital bed, and the World Series is on. The radio. Oh, I just said baseball game. <laughs> I don't know if it's World Series. That was the Dodgers. It's a big baseball game, and. Uh, he wakes up and he's very suspicious and then this little old-timey army woman comes out and she's like, Mr. Rogers. Not Mr. Rogers. <laughs> it's a different person. <laughs> Captain Rogers. Yeah. Uh, he's like freaking out and he's like, who are you? Where am I? And she's like, you're, you're in a hospital. And he's like, I don't believe you. And he runs out and it turns out he's on a soundstage, but like... Oh, yeah, he like busts <laughs> through the wall. In canon, not not just like a poorly lit movie set. Yep. Um, and he throws some like security guys out of the way, and then it turns out he's in a S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters building, 
And then, like, Nick Fury gets on the radio and he's like, all S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, we got a code whatever. Code 13! And they start chasing him down, but he's just, like, out running all of them. And then he runs outside and he's just in Times Square. Yep. <laughs> just just right in Times Square. Yep. There's a big billboard for Mamma Mia. Yep. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he's outside Forever 21 and they surround him with a bunch of black SUVs. And Nick Fury's like, sorry, we wanted to, like, do this slowly, but, you know, you've been in ice for 70 years, and that's it. Close, closing credits. They were real long. They were so long. You think you're the only superhero in the world? You're here with a mission, sir? Well, I guess that's worth a look. You know, and thank you, by the way, for listening. Rose. It's a post credit scene. Chris yeah. Evans, boxing away. At a punching bag, mm-hmm. not a real person. Sandbag. He punches it across the room and it splits open. Yep, sand goes everywhere. Nick Furry <laughs> comes in and asks if he's having trouble sleeping. He's like, do you have a mission for me, sir? Trying to get me back out into the world? He's like, no, we're trying to save it. <laughs> yup. Captain America will return <laughs> in the adventure. And then there's, it, there's like a big some assembly required thing. Oh yeah, that was that just a preview for the Avengers duty. Oh, is that all that was? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? Okay, that makes so much more sense. I was like, they just like flopped that in there. Okay, ready? Yeah. Favorite and least favorite part. was your favorite part, Felix? I like when Peggy shoots at him. Yeah? Because she's real bitter and angry and I've been there. But I didn't get to shoot at him. My favorite part was when Peggy clocks that jerk. <laughs> okay, what was your least favorite part? The CG on skinny Captain America. Okay. Skinny Captain America in general. I just want to look at Chris Evans' body. Like, why would you take that away from me for the first 25 minutes of the movie? That took a really long time. It took to so long. To get there. It's like 40 minutes in before he gets powers. Yeah. My least favorite part was probably... Howard Stark and his, like, I'm going to kiss this model thing. <laughs> like that. He's a Stark. It runs in family. Really rubbed me the wrong way. At least those girls had slightly longer skirts than the ones that Tony had in the Iron Man cheerleader uh-huh. dance. Yeah. But he didn't kiss them. That's true. You were never a god. You were never even a man. Kill Martha! <laughs> Dale. Yes, Felix. On a scale from one, Batman versus Superman, Donna Justice, and up. How would you rate this movie? Okay. Well, I liked this movie because it had one strong female character, which was Agent Peggy Carter. I liked this movie because it had some sexy shirtless men in it. You hyped it up a lot because you knew that I liked World War II movies, Mm -hmm. which is absolutely true. (laughs) I do like go out of my way to see movies about about Nazis, but this movie was not really about Nazis at all. There was that one scene where Hugo Weaving had the Nazi patch on and then he changed it to a Hydra one. This movie was not really about Nazis. (laughs) It's a metaphor or an allegory. This movie was not really about Nazis. (laughs) 
Um, so I was very disappointed. No, I wasn't disappointed in that at all. I knew it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> because it was about Nazis. Like, bring in my favorite thing and that won't help it. Unless you bring in a cat. If you brought in a cat, I might be like, yeah. Um, so I'm going to give this like, yeah. And this is called the, the first Avenger. And like, he definitely does not get pulled into the Avengers until after this movie. That's true. And he's not the first. He's not. Well, we don't know that. No. He might've been. No, because when, when do they talk about the Avengers initiative back in the, back in World War II times? They don't. They don't. I mean, like, the post credit scenes, we don't have, like, a timeline of those, so that could have been first. Because, like, if they found him first. Okay. Because I, I believe, I'm not positive, but I believe that Cap had been running missions for S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Um, After they found him. Okay. But, like, before the Avengers. Okay. But it does not play into this movie at all. No. So... <sighs> I'm going to go with, like, six. Six? Yes. You gave Thor, like, 30. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there there was lots of, like, looking. <laughs> okay. And this one didn't have any actual Nazis. <laughs> Neither did Thor. <laughs> yeah, but I was not promised any Nazis in <laughs> Thor. Fair enough. All right. Uh-oh. And this had a Stark in it. I love the Starks. I hate them. He looks like he's like an Italian, like first generation, very olive skinned. I love that. Um, um my first boyfriend like, was Italian. So that why you took Italian in college? A little bit. <laughs> the boys were cuter. <laughs> um, what did we learn? Um. I don't know. We learned that men are extremely jealous of each other. Mm -hmm. I learned that next time I date a guy, I should buy him a vibranium shield so that when he irritates me, I can shoot him. (laughs) That is not what I (laughs) thought you were going to (laughs) say. I learned... Oh, we learned a lot of stuff. We learned about when women got the right to vote, and then we learned when autopilot was invented. I learned about autopilot. This is all adjacent. This is not from the movie. (laughs) It was inspired by the movie. It was inspired by the movie. Um, Autopilot was invented in like 1912. Yeah. Because it took a lot to keep the plane level, so they put a gyroscope in it and connected it to some mechanical things that just kept the wing tips level. We learned um, if you want to support the war efforts, you got to buy bonds. Okay, that's that's definitely something we learned. Yep. I wrote down, don't volunteer for science experiments, but that seems like something that maybe the Hulk learned. Yeah. This one worked out pretty good. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, if he hadn't been so like, I have to take one. He's got like uh, um, a martyr complex, I think. Mm-hmm. Like he's just oh, yeah. always down to take one for the team. And it's like, you don't always have to die, Cap. Like, yep. you can just be helpful. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really excited to get into the politics of this universe with you because, um, the ideologies of Captain America and Tony Stark are kind of like they butt heads 
and they kind of switch sides of like where they are as the movies progress but like it becomes a really strong thing starting with the first avengers and then like really hits ahead in captain america civil war and then in age of ultron as well and um what if i just take the side of hawkeye the guy with no personality <laughs> you're just gonna go home to your wife on your farm oh he has a farm <laughs> <laughs> you are gonna love Age of Ultron. That's the oh one I'm looking forward to the most next. I feel like we've referenced Age of Ultron stuff so much over the last few movies. Cause it's like Age of Ultron's the first one that like really cements this like expanded universe. Like the Avengers just kind of feels like you threw a bunch of action figures together and like made up a story about it. But uh-huh. Age of Ultron is the first one where there's like actually like an overlying arc about these characters being in the same universe. And there's so much going on. And it's everyone's least favorite Avengers movie, but it's my absolute favorite Avengers movie. Um, so we'll get there. We have a whole other phase to do before we get there, but we'll get there. <laughs> okay. What, yeah. What's the next movie? The Avengers. Which signals the end of this phase. Yeah. Woo-hoo! So uh, you've seen this movie before. I have seen the Avengers before. One time. What do you remember? Okay, I remember that the Black Widow gets a phone call when she's working, and she gets real mad and yells at some guys on the phone. (laughs) And that's it. Uh, They fight somebody. I don't know. Hawkeye's in it. Iron Man's in it. True. Not sure that Pepper Potts comes back for it. Seems like Gwyneth Paltrow might have something better to do. Um, Goop. That's all I got. Captain America is probably in it, since we just called him the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. That's it. They fight a baddie. They explode <laughs> some stuff. Maybe there's fireworks. Probably. Okay. <laughs> well, join us then. Sounds good. Where where can people find us? <laughs> On Twitter and Instagram at Felix Dragsdale or at FelixandDale.com. <laughs> we'll see you soon. <laughs> Bye.